again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I will be the captain of this group of complaining bunch. Andrew, with me, our usual punk, Keith. Oh, hey. And our frozen corpse for this episode, Liz. Hey, guys. <laughs> this week was my pick, which was Frostpunk. And how much did you guys love me for this game? I'm the one that actually told you. I'm like, you're playing this game a ton. I feel like I'm going to hate it. But you should definitely pick it. You're playing it enough. I know. I I love these types of games. And I was always like, you know what? I'm not going to subject you guys to this. Because anytime you watch me play, you're like, oh, this game looks boring. (laughs) But I absolutely love these types of games. So this game is, it's described as a simulator, but it's essentially a city management game. Uh, But it's a city management game that is incredibly difficult. Uh, The best way I kind of describe it, I kind of see it as a modern day Oregon Trail you know, Oregon Trail, that, like, super old-school game that was mostly text-based where you create a family and you're basically trying to travel your family from the East Coast all the way to the Oregon. And you you normally name the family after some of your friends and then they end up getting dysentery and then you laugh at your friends because they got dysentery, but then they look at you really weird because they have no idea what you're talking about. And then slowly they progressively stop talking to you. Are you talking about yourself you right now? Why. Because you're just rambling? <laughs> you know, that game... This is essentially like that, just modern day. It's just, this game is incredibly difficult, but it is so incredibly fun. So, going around, obviously this is my pick, and this is a absolute must game. I love this game. And I bet you guys loved it as much as I did, right? I didn't hate it. I really didn't. I just, I couldn't get excited. And I'm just not good at these types of games in general. I know it's not at all the same, but... I think of games like Warcraft 3 and, well, yeah, Warcraft 3, mostly. Or any of the Warcraft games or Starcraft games. That's kind of close. That's a real-time strategy game. Right. It's, I'm but just, it is a type of management. And I'm just so bad with these management styles of games. I lose track of things. I, I'm so bad at micromanaging that I'm just no good at them. So it's hard to get excited. Even when it came to, like, a Warcraft 3, I just wanted to play the tower defense games and all that type of stuff. The the custom scenarios that people put in the game. So for me, I didn't I didn't like a lot of the gameplay, but I think it's a great game. And if it's your style or your genre, then I think you're going to like it a lot. So is it a game or a pass? Oh, it's a personal pass for me. <laughs> okay. I, at the beginning, loathed this game. I hated it. I resented you mind? having to play it. It went from a definite <laughs> pass to a game. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you hated this game. And I was like, um, I was, anytime you got mad that you were playing it, I'm like, Liz, you told me to pick this game. I tried to spare you from it. There, I can't believe you changed your mind. I realized that my mind had changed when I was doing really, really well. And then, pardon my French, but shit hit the fan. And I was like, no! And I was like telling Andrew, I was like, you won't believe what happened. And apparently it was like part of the story, but um, which, sorry, I'm rambling. We should talk about the story. <laughs> But yeah, the overall story is actually the first thing I really like about this game. I love this universe. It actually takes place in 1887, and it's supposed to be... <laughs> you said it was present times earlier. <laughs> Did I really? Yeah. <laughs> no, I said this game is like present day Oregon Trail. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Y- it's yeah, not present day Oregon Trail. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, it's the modern... I don't know. How is it modern? Whatever. People know what I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure Oregon anyway. Trail literally took place in the 1800s. 
I'm not talking about the time placements of the games. I'm talking about like when the games actually came out. Ah, that's a, I feel like a cover. Mm. We'll continue. No, it isn't. Talk about yeah. the story. <laughs> I'm with Liz on this one. So the story is essentially the world is progressively cooling at an alarming rate. And from what you're just told is you're a ragtag group of people that have a generator and you're trying to start a new civilization up in the north. Which, that's my first complaint. I thought it was funny. That was the first thing you said too, Liz. <laughs> I looked which, at you I was like, they went up north and yeah, it's freezing? If the world's freezing, you'd figure the last place you'd want to go is north. Would you want to go south? I had that thought too. Maybe 1887. They just didn't understand that? I don't know. Yeah, I... I couldn't figure out what was the logic behind it. We can build but robots, anyway, but we don't I, uh, know where it's warmer. <laughs> but yeah, so you're essentially trying to set up a the last surviving city of the human race. And so you're transporting this giant generator, and the generator is essentially the lifeblood of your city. So you're trying to find survivors, trying to basically build an impressive shanty town around this generator. But what's nice about this game, there is actually an impressive amount of lore in it. You're sending scouts to kind of explore the wasteland and you're finding these hidden refugees and you're finding these bits of story about what happened to other cities. And this game actually has some pretty impressive lore in it that was actually fun to read and learn about. But I, you don't have to. It didn't feel necessary. I felt like you only got little tidbits. Yeah. Or at least how far I got. I feel like I almost wish that during your free time, instead of just fast forwarding it and like waiting for people to be done... I wish that you could read more about the story then or something, but I just felt like that was kind of where they put the least amount of like the fun value in it. What, the in-between times? No, the, the lack of story. For me, it's like you have this... I think the story sounds really cool, but you don't get to know any characters. You don't really get an investment in what's going on in these other places because you just get like little tidbits. See, well, you learn a little bit. Like, the other big city you learn about is Winterholm, and... You end up finding it gets devastated, and there's actually a scenario where you play as Winterholm and figure out what happened with them. So you do learn about some areas. You find, like, some American convoys, and you kind of learn a little bit of, like, what happened in America. But, yeah, there isn't—you're not going to be seeing a ton of cinematics, but, I don't know, there's enough of this little lore that it was interesting to find out about. There's no cinematics whatsoever in this game, is there? No, yeah, there's a couple. There's one where you first start up the main game, uh, and then you normally get a uh, cinematic when you start one of the scenarios. Oh, uh, well, all right, yeah, I guess I'm just being too literal. I'm just thinking, like, it's not moving picture. It's just, it's like, storyline no. with... But yeah, because when you get the automaton, they have, like, a little thing. Yeah, there's there's a, no, there's no actually some moving cinematics. Uh, all right, then. I, I was not very good. I didn't get very far in this game. <laughs> Yeah, see, I didn't get as far as I would have liked, but I paused it every time I did something because <laughs> I was afraid that, like, because you always have these things that are popping up where, you know, something was broken or just something that you had to work on. And so for me, like, I always wanted to pause it because I didn't want to mess up because if you mess up once, it can be downhill very fast. So that's why it took me so long. I will say it, the, the gameplay feels a lot like the, the speed is really just a risk factor is it's helpful because yeah you can get through things faster and all and all that but you're just setting yourself up for failure real quick and i just this is again one of the reasons i don't do all but this genre i any chance you give me to speed up a game like this i'm going to and it hits me every time and it's like oh i missed that um sorry i guess you're just dead now i i agree with you 
because this is actually one of the things that I absolutely love about this game. Normally when you play a type of game like this, like they always have a speed up feature, but I always hate the speed up features in so many of these games. It normally is still too slow, but this game actually speeds up and it speeds up so quick and I love it. Because there's so many games where I'm like, I'm nonstop just always on the max speed and I'm still just waiting. But this game like quickly fast forwards time, but it will automatically slow down the time anytime like it's change of shift. I did like that feature. time or work play. Yeah, so it was, it was really nice that it would kind of stop you automatically and not just be like, oh, you just went through an entire week. Oh, everyone's dead. Too bad you lost. It really kind of still helped you a little bit, but I do agree, Keith. If you do not pay attention and you don't have things ready, you will quickly blow by things and time will fly and people will start dying real quick. Well, so I don't know if you picked up on this. I feel like you probably did, Andrew, especially, and maybe even Liz, but you can really game the system as far as the timing of this game if you play it, right? Like, did you catch that at all? So you could actually... If you could time it right, you could pull people off of, say, gathering coal and put them into a hunter's hut that you left empty all through the workday, and you could double the work time. And there was no discontent that was gained from it. The problem is that the following day, they sleep the day, though. So, I mean, you think you're getting extra work done, but they're just going to sleep during their shift the next day, which kind of sucks. Because it's something that they don't really explain to you either. Is that true? I'm actually not... I'm not disagreeing yeah, with you i didn't like, realize if, this. i don't know if, if it's true either no because i didn't the, do it if you look at the efficiency there were some times where i had 15 people working on for instance a coal mine and it said that i was at 20 percent efficiency and i was like what the heck is going on i clicked on it and it said like seven people going to sleep after the hunt three people sick it didn't tell you like what people were actually working so it says you have 15 people working but really there could be only three Okay. You didn't notice that? No, because I never did that. I would just put people on the hunter's hut, and, like, I noticed you micromanaged a lot. It would be like, okay, take a few off of this, put in this, put in that. I would just be like, 10 there, 10 there, I never there. had enough people to really just be able to let them, like, sit out. For me, I felt also, like, research took way too long. I thought that was the biggest hiccup with the game for me was that I needed a ton of stuff, but I, no matter how many workshops I had, I didn't have enough time. I feel like for you, it probably felt like it was forever because you always played on the slowest time speed. You would rarely speed up time. Like, it took you, like, five hours and you were maybe a week within the game, (laughs) which is not very far. Oh, dang. I feel like you're very judgy about the way that I play this game. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of am judging you because I always play on nonstop fast. No, I I mean, I'm going to say he's probably 100% right on that, but not even in a judgy way. Like, I just was impatient with this game, and I have no shame in losing, so I didn't care what bad things happened to me. I would just power through this game, so I think I got through, I think I got through seven days in about 40 minutes in one run, <laughs> so like, you can just power through it, and I, I kind of had a system that, admittedly, I looked up a, cu- a couple, you know, videos of tips and tricks on this game, I'm not gonna act like I didn't do that. <laughs> but it, it honestly helped me because I was able to burn through a lot of this game real quick, at least through some, some days and actually pretty efficiently. But, you know, there there's still a lot of strategy and timing that comes with it that I just ultimately couldn't handle. I surprisingly didn't look up any videos because there really isn't that good of a tutorial. You have to go back and you have to, and they don't even, I don't even know how to get to the thing that explains everything. 
I was like, well, I can't figure it out. I'm just going to leave it there. But you can actually go into something and it explains how to use everything, how everything works. And for me, like, they had that, but it wasn't really... I just felt like they needed, like, a tutorial or something. Because I, when I went into it blind, it was just chaotic. I was confused. I was stressed. There's nothing worse than playing a game and you just feel, like anxious <laughs> yeah, this game is not relaxing and, see, I, think no, not say that. I think it's funny that you say that you didn't watch videos because this game didn't have tutorials and maybe i misunderstood it text tutorials no i know but and we know i don't read those well so. well exactly but especially in that circumstance that's exactly the time to go to youtube or, or to go to the to the google machine i guess i don't know that's what i did I admit, Andrew did help me. Uh, I, see. I know, and I tried not to, but I was like, she's going to need help. This, well, this can, game does have a pretty steep learning curve. I can only play for like 5, 10, 15 minute increments, and I was done. Like, I really hate it. That's how much I hate this game. Andrew was like, you have to play more. I'm like, I'll play it later. I, I just like, I was so stressed by it. And, and this is why we specifically say, try to put at least five hours into a game. Because I feel like that's when you finally actually understand the game and understand if you like it or don't like the game. And, that's and then obviously, I'm... if you love the game, you end up playing way, way, way more. <laughs> yeah, which you were starting to. It's, that was really surprising. I, I thought for sure you were going to be like, this is the worst. Which, one thing that I brought up to Andrew, and something that I really liked about the game, and I think, I don't know if it was last week's game or the game before, but Keith, you said that you wish that there was a morality aspect to it, that you had consequences for your choices. And I love that this game had that, because it affected your discontent or your hope. And so, for instance, you could have child workers, or you could have a child shelter, and then later on they eventually become apprentices for either medical or engineering. And so I was watching Andrew play, and I asked him, would you play this game like you are right now if it was real life? Like, would your moralities be different? Where it's like, you need to get things done. Like, civilization depends on it. But you do have a lot of moral choices to make in your book of laws. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> you guys are both like, I so, don't want to touch this. <laughs> so when I was talking to you, Liz, I normally did not do child labor. I started to like that law a bit more after I played the winter home scenario because you end up having like 100 children. And if you don't make them work, they just sit there. And it's like that is a huge workforce. I can just have them do simple tasks like cook food or gather some of the resources. So if I had the actual moral choice in real life, I probably would do that because it's literally life or death or humanity. And if a kid can pick up some grains of sand or whatever and move it around, have them do that. Well, Yeah, I'm, but I'm not going to make them go to the coal mine. I'm I was going to say I'm confused then because gathering resources, I thought, well, was like the trial labor where they could gather coal and all that. Whereas you go to the shelter route and they could just do like science and things like that. Well, I'm assuming that you mean that you actually went into the hothouse and selected them for that. Yeah, I would select so them for the other I didn't know you could do that because it does say when you're selecting if you want child laborers that they are more likely to have accidents and to get sick and stuff. Yeah. So for me, I didn't really put that together that you could put them in certain places. But I mean, I'm not I'm not judging you. I'm just like, <laughs> I saw that when you were playing, you were like beating people in the street for disobeying <laughs> you, oh, for disagreeing with you. And I was just like, it can also like go different routes with like you could have like a lot of faith-based things and I mean it, there's a lot of choices to make but I saw like some of your sketchier ones <laughs> okay well this is actually an interesting point too 
I like how we're completely getting off the tangent kind of on this game. So it's funny that you kind of say this. I remember, Liz, when we were watching, like, some sort of post-apocalyptic movie, and, like, there's, like, a group of, like, bandits or bad guys, and you're like, no way would people act this rude or terrible. Come to today with, like, the coronavirus going on, and you have, like, people just, like, hoarding all the resources today, and, like, people, you're literally seeing some of the worst of, like, humanity with, like, some of this stuff going on. And so would I beat people in real life if I was in this situation? Probably, because... Honestly, people are pretty terrible, and you kind of got to keep some people in mind, or they're just going to steal, hoard, and cheat and murder. Well, yeah. Andrew for 20 you... never. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this is were... my presidency. You were beating them because they were drunk, not because they were going against you or doing anything crazy. Well, they, were, that... dr- they were drunk and, and spreading discontent. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they were they were being rude and talking about Doomsday being drunk. That's why I beat them. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> hey everybody, everything's going to get worse and we're all going to die. Now, watch as I get beaten in a public square. <laughs> That's going to really boost it morale. It worked. There was one thing where you could either make soup or like put sawdust in food. Like there was some like... Add really... that sawdust every time. I don't have to go around. It's like a modern day seasoning. So there's none that you wouldn't have done that you did? I mean, in real life? I don't know. Like, Sure, the human body isn't meant to digest food, but if it can just throw a little <laughs> bit extra to get a little bit extra other food for people? I don't know. If you've only got 200 people left alive, I'm going to do everything I can, I guess. Heck, I know. You're, you're, I feel like you're trying to paint me a picture to be like a real terrible person. Aaron is Andrew's some sort of despot here. <laughs> but you, you gotta do what you gotta do to survive. You are maintaining order, and nobody else is gonna do it, you know? So I'm, I'm not judging you. I'm just curious about your choices. I mean, when you play this game, too, these people just love to complain. Everything they like say is just miserable. Like, it's your fault that the world is freezing Exactly. Over. They want to go back to London, you know, the place that's completely desolate and ruined. They want to travel across the frozen sea to go to London. It's like, no, you idiots, stay here. Let me beat you so you stay here. I mean, if they were talking about going down to, like, the Bahamas, sure, I'll follow you there to check it out, but I'm not going back to London in Ice World. I know, why can't you all just stay inside? Speaking of staying at home, let me introduce you to our sponsor of this episode, Let's Get Checked, the leading provider of at-home health tests. Are you looking to improve your male hormone health? With Let's Get Checked, you can do a simple at-home health test that will give you a complete picture of your hormonal health in five days. Did you know in the last 40 years, healthy sperm count has dropped by 50% globally? Hormonal imbalances and reduced level of testosterone are becoming a huge concern for men these days. Male hormones are important for a number of different factors, such as sperm production, maintaining a healthy sex drive, and maintaining muscle strength and mass. Some of the symptoms of hormonal imbalance include things such as low energy, erectile dysfunction, low sex drive or libido, infertility, anxiety, depression, bloating, and headaches. So how does it work? Go online and order your home health test kit, and it'll be delivered straight to your door. You just have to self-collect your blood sample from the tip of your finger, mail the sample back to their accredited laboratories in the prepaid label, and receive support and guidance from the Let's Get Checked medical team, who are available 24-7 to offer you the personalized advice you need to know your hormonal health. This week, Let's Get Checked wants to invite you to join their community with a 20% discount code, Grab bag 20. And with today, where we're all staying at home, there's no better time to get the information you need to know about your health. That's letsgetchecked.com, discount code grabbag20. Look in the show notes to get the URL to order your test kit today. 
as difficult as this game was, how far did you guys get? I mean, I I genuinely did not get that far. I think I got it maybe as far as about 18 days on any given run. Which, you have to get the 20 days to do the other scenarios. And I think, I right when I hit 20 days, I knew that I was going to lose that one. I actually, like, I, I could have gone a little bit further, but I just knew it wasn't going to end well. So at that point, I switched over and started doing another scenario. And then went back to the original, but with a fresh new game. I actually just thought of something, Liz. Just another thing about this game that I don't know if you utilized or not is you can save a lot of files. So if, like you said, things can go bad real quickly for you, if you're at a pretty good point, you can save your game. And if everything hits the fan, you can probably go back and just load that save file again. Oh, I did that. <laughs> okay. And, I definitely and, and, needed it. Hey, hot tip then, I guess, uh, that we failed to mention. Well, I will say at least, though, you can save as much as you want as long as you're not in survivor mode, which survivor mode is the hard difficulty. The hard difficulty, all it has is the uh, the save when you quit the game. So it makes it a little bit more difficult. But So you guys didn't really get to try much of the uh, scenarios? I tried a little bit of the arcs, but the other ones I did not get to. I mean, I don't think I got any of the scenarios because I didn't hit 20 days, right? Yeah, I think so. So for me, I absolutely love the scenarios. They were probably my favorite thing of the game. I like the main game as well, but the scenarios, I think what is shows what makes this game really kind of special. Normally when you're playing a city building game, after you kind of research everything, you kind of get your city where you want to be, you're kind of like, well, I'm done. Like, what's the point of starting a new game and just basically doing the same thing over? The scenarios, I think, just add just enough twist that it keeps the game really interesting and it really makes you kind of think of new strategies and different ways to kind of beat the game. So the main game has three scenarios. It has the arcs where you have a very low population of like 54 people and you're essentially trying to protect these storage containers that that are preserving the world's plant seeds. So you got to keep them warm enough or the seeds will freeze and die. You have to make a bunch of automatons that kind of can automate your city while you're basically your scientists hunker down. Then you have the refugees where you're a group of like poor refugees that end up stumbling upon a like rich community or an empty rich community. It was a shelter built for the rich, but they're not there yet. So you're establishing yourself. And then when the rich people come, you got to kind of figure out what to do with this conflict. And then the last one was my favorite, and that's the Fall of Winterhome. And you are essentially playing before the main game, where you're playing the other big city known as Winterhome. And you know it gets destroyed in the main game, but you're playing it and seeing how it happened. When I first saw it, I was like, I thought it was going to be my least favorite, because it's like, oh, spoiler alert, the place gets blown up. But the actual story in it and then the management of it is really cool. It's really, really, really hard. Like, that one is the hardest scenario, but it is so rewarding and so fun to do. Which I wanted to ask. You just said that was really hard. I didn't realize until I went to another scenario that you can change the difficulty. So I the new scenario, I played on the same difficulty that I did before, which is medium, which is what it automatically brings you to. But I actually went back to the original game and tried it on easy just to see like what the difference was. And I think you start off with more steel. And you seem to get more resources you do. faster. You get, you get resources faster and you research faster. Yeah, I noticed a little bit of a difference. Nothing like too crazy. But yeah, did you guys play on the medium? I think so, because I don't think I ever changed it. Yeah, if you didn't change it, it was medium. Okay. So I normally played on medium. I tried a couple times to play on Survivor, 
And it is so hard. <laughs> so Survivor is very much like a puzzle. You literally can spare nothing. You cannot spare any time. You cannot spare literally a single person. Like there is a set order you have to do or you will lose. So like I was trying to do Survivor with um, the scenario arc, which in my opinion is the easiest scenario. But you literally have to like research this thing at this certain time or you're done. So it, it was really, really tricky, but it was a lot of fun. It just, that's what I really love about this game. It's kind of like a roguelike where you're going to fail and die a lot. Nothing you do though is progressing your other games. You're just naturally going to be getting better. You're going to go, oh, I know what I need to do. This is why I failed. You'll come up with new strategies, figure out new techniques. I shouldn't have researched this so early on. That was completely pointless. I need to do this instead. And that's what I love about this game. You just naturally get better. Did you ever get like right at the end and lose? Yes. Because I feel like that would just make me rage quit, <laughs> to be honest. I just, I don't think I could go back to it. So to kind of give a, a little bit of spoiler, this is more of a, a friendly tip. If you're playing the main game, the main purpose of the main game is there is a huge blizzard that is coming and you have to survive. When that blizzard comes, it gets like negative 120 degrees Celsius. Everything shuts down. You just got to make sure you have enough supplies. And yeah, there was like two or three times when I first was playing this game that I would get only halfway through that blizzard and I would just run out of supplies and everyone would die. Oh, I would be so angry. Oh, don't get me wrong. I wasn't happy that I lost. But to me, this game also reminds me a bit of like Slay the Spire, that even though I failed, I instantly want to get right back in there because I'm like, I know what I did wrong. I know how I can do better. I want to do another run. I want to say I agree with you, but it just takes so long to get back to whatever point you're at. Even if you're going on the full speed, it still is going to take you a couple hours or at least an hour, hour and a half, two. Yeah, the average time to beat on this game for the main story is about what they said online is about 10 hours. I mean, I put a ton of hours in this game. I, I really liked it a lot. So to just do like the main game, because I'm assuming they're taking into account of how many times you're going to fail, because there's no way you're going to beat this first time you pick it up. You're going to lose. So yeah, it would probably take about 10 hours. Yeah, I'm with Keith. <laughs> but now that I've like really honed my skills and strategies... I think I can beat the main game in like three or four hours. I can blaze through it pretty quick because it progresses when you do certain events. And it actually makes the story go by a bit faster. Yeah, that makes sense. And to that point, I I know what you mean. It's I, it's kind of roguelike, but I I personally can't or relate it to Slay the Spire because I don't know. Forty five minutes is the tops on a long run of that, and I just felt like it was way more fun, and also totally different, but. That's not the reason I'm saying you're wrong. And you're I'm getting comparing... cards, though, too, with Slay the Spire. You're yeah. getting something. Right. And I'm not comparing the gameplay to Slay the Spire. I'm, com I'm comparing the feeling of, I want to do another run that I got from no, Slay the Spire. No, oh. but that's even where I still don't disagree with you. Just because the runs are so long in this game that I didn't get that vibe at all. If I got, if I got within two days of finishing the game and then I died... I think I would I think I would have never picked up the game again. I could maybe pick this game up and keep playing it, but if that happened, that'd probably be about it for me. And it really is about perfecting it as well, where like for instance you guys are talking about Slay the Spire. Sometimes Slay the Spire is luck of the draw. Yeah. And and like I said, I, I can kinda see what you're getting at, Andrew. I just I don't fully agree, is all I'm saying. But I feel like what we can agree on is how awesome the graphics are. Am I right? Oh, I fully agree. And I love the style. One thing that I thought was really interesting is that at the beginning when they're 
doing the scene of them, doing the trek up north, that art style was different than the art style that you're using with gameplay. And same with when you venture out and you explore other areas, or your scouts explore other areas. Did you guys notice that? Like, I felt like the art style was so different. Well, like, the cinematics art style, I, it normally did, like, watercolor paintings, like, comic book is what they kind of yes. did. But the versus, graphics of the game, I think, are great. Yeah, it, versus gameplay, it seems, like, obviously very mechanical, and everything's very clear and crisp. So I, I liked both. I mean, as you can probably tell with the name, Frostpunk, it takes a lot of imagery from other punk universes like steampunk, cyberpunk, gothpunk, whatever punk you can think of. So it does deal with a lot of pipes and steam and, you know, kind of future, old future technology. That makes any sense. Current day future technology. Yeah, you know, current day of 1887. (laughs) But Liz, I know you complained about it before with the art style. I don't know if you still feel that way after playing it. You were complaining that a lot of the buildings felt and looked the same and you had a hard time finding them. Yeah, I wish there was an option that when you hover over instead of having to click every single one that you knew what it was. But when you're first playing the game, especially when there's snow on stuff, I didn't know what half the buildings were. And because I was just starting out, I didn't really have a technique of, you know, keeping all things workshop related over here. And so I just, I, I was building things and putting them just next to each other randomly. I had no idea what was what. And I got better the more that I played, but I still think that maybe have it so if you hover over or says it. I do agree with you, Liz. Like, as far as the the building cell, everything kind of felt very same, same, but different. You could zoom in, you exactly. could kind of get an idea of what was going on, and it was a very... I guess easy grid to feel or to work with but I don't know unless I remembered where I built something or there was a marker because there weren't enough workers or something along those lines I kind of just everything faded into something but it it looked really nice I will say that yeah I had to find ways to remember things I also have a terrible memory I should say that but I would remember that the coal thumpers had a dangly thing. And I'd remember like, oh, I have four of these. Or the I have dangly three of things. These. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, the church is pretty distinguishable. But it was mostly things like the care houses, things like that. Like obviously the, the beacon looks different and the workshops, I realized, were the tall ones. <laughs> but yeah, overall, <laughs> I just... And it's, again, it's one of those things that I... You could see the pictures if you went to the written tutorial. But I mean... I don't do that. <laughs> so personally, someone who's put numerous hours in this game, I had no issues determining, like figuring out what, what buildings were what. But I, what I loved about kind of the art style of this game, I loved kind of seeing how your city grows and by the end, how big it is. Whenever you beat a game or a scenario, it actually does a fast forward time of the beginning to the end. And it kind of gives you like what you did, what laws you made. And it's really cool just seeing how your city grew in this amount of time and i i loved kind of the art style they went with it and just seeing how it expands and separates from the generator and it gets bigger yeah i i think the whole environment of the game is really really nice which is impressive too because we complained about a game recently with a lot of snow of the long dark and this game is a lot of snow and rocks and just like desolation but i i love the art style of it well it's a pretty concise environment i think that helps a lot like everything yeah. really kind of just happens within a very small area, but I do think it's very, very nice. I liked it. I think it wowed me. I am curious because we specifically played console edition. Have you ever played this on PC? Because 
I feel it could be so much better on PC. Well, I'm glad you said that, Keith, because yes, I have. This game is also on Game Pass PC, and the version is quite different. Um, with most PC games, it apparently is, it's really easy for developers to update PC games than it is console games. I guess there's just a whole lot of like red tape that you have to go through with console updating console games. So the PC version, if you have a PC, I would highly recommend you play this game on that because one, it has more updates and it has more options. But secondly, it also has DLC. And since we had a sponsor for this episode, I was able to buy for the DLC and give you guys a little bit more of a feedback. There are two DLCs at the moment. There is one where it's a new endless map called Rifts. And the endless maps are, you're just basically surviving as long as you can, as you can kind of figure out. But the Rifts map is you're on a bunch of plateaus and you have to essentially build bridges. It kind of adds like this little new mechanic. I thought that was just okay. It was a cool new map, but it didn't do anything too crazy. But the other DLC is called The Last Autumn and it is awesome. I highly recommend it. If you like this game, you will love The Last Autumn. It uh, the Fall of Winter Home was my favorite scenario until The Last Autumn. The Last Autumn, as you can tell, it takes place before the winter happens. And you are working as a company building the generators for the upcoming winter. So it adds a whole bunch of kind of unique, different gameplay elements to it. You don't really have to deal with the temperature, but you have to deal with strikes and you have to deal with like poor work environments. You have to deal with gas leaks. You have to deal with like a whole bunch of stuff. And since humanity is still like fine you have to basically hire workers to come to work at your site. So it adds just these really cool elements of it. And I, I thought it was a blast. I really liked The Last Autumn. So there is another DLC coming out later this year. I didn't see a release date, but they said it's supposed to be an expansion as big as the entire game itself. So maybe we'll be able to give you an update on that later. But overall, if you're at least doing looking for one of the DLCs, I highly recommend The Last Autumn. And I recommend playing this on the PC, but... As far as the console version goes, I think the console version is really good because this game is also on the Xbox Project Cloud service. Cloud. And I think this game is yeah, and I think this game is great for that. There's been numerous times where I could just like play real quick, save, put my phone away, and just kind of pop back in onto it. So I, if you are in the Project X Cloud, this is a really fun game to play with. I as see. Well. Now that's tempting to me because this is something I could play as a phone game where if I could pick it up for ten minutes on my phone and put it down. I think I'd love everything about this game a lot more. Even if I'm still bad at it, I just it would have a lot more appeal to me. I'm just not prone to pick up my Xbox and play for ten minutes and put it down. I guess so. I don't. It, it's hard for me in that aspect. The other thing that I think does so well in this game is the ambiance of the music. This music just fills you with dread and like despair, <laughs> in a good way. Everything just feels so somber with the music. I think the music does such a good job. It's nothing too over the top. It's not aggressive. It's just this constant like kind of cello in the background just that really conveys this despair. And I think it does so well with the atmosphere of this game. I really like that when you went to different places like the cookhouse, they, you'd hear like pots rattling around and same with like different areas. I thought that that was really cool to add that in just to break up the music every once in a while some of the noises were a little annoying um specifically in the fall of winter home scenario you have to build an evacuation center and anytime you clicked on it there's this kid noise of this kid screaming 
and it's really obnoxious. <laughs> I always hated selecting that thing because you hear those kids screaming and crying every time, and it's really bad. That's when you're like, you're going to the factory. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't deal with that. I honestly didn't notice the music that much, other than, yeah, it kind of just sounded in the background and just ominous at all times. So I think that's a good thing, actually. I think that's usually my, my give to music, is if I don't notice it much, or if I notice it way too much, it's usually a good thing. But if you're a fan of your own music, this game is also really good at just being able to put it on mute. You can easily put it on mute and play your own music. Yeah, you don't have to listen for anything like warnings or... Yeah, as long as you're paying attention to the screen and get the notifications of when your scouts get to the location, this is a game you can easily put on mute. Oh, it took me a long time to realize that, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> oh, what, that your scouts got to the location? Yeah, didn't realize that for a long time or how that worked. But again, just... Not good at these games, just a reminder. And of course, last but not least, another thing I love about this game is the achievements. Shut the front door. I don't think I I got an achievement on this game. Oh yeah, I know how Liz feels about the achievements, but I always say the thing I normally like about achievements is if they challenge you to do something, and that's what these achievements mostly do, and I love that for it. As like with the scenarios where they try to have you change up your strategies, that's what the achievements do as well. So there's like achievements to never only build tents, which when you play this game, it's really hard to do. Never expand the radius of your generator. Make sure nobody dies from starving, hunger, overworking. Like the achievements are very hard. Have 700 people or, that was, or yep. something like Survive that. 100 days in the endless mode. They're very hard achievements, but they really challenge you to kind of do something unique and to try a different strategy. And I love that. Well, because you put a lot of hours in. Yes. You got 255 out of 1,000. So you got 16 achievements out of 37. I got one out of 37. I got a, a whopping 15 points there. And yeah, you, you, didn't, you didn't get it. Big old zero. Well, I got 257 in the console edition. On the PC version. Well, 255. Oh. Not to be nitpicky. <laughs> 255. Well, I guess while Andrew's looking for his scores on the PC version. Well, I was going to edit this out, you think. No, it's fine. We can just roll with this. Is that I, I agree with you. I think it's great that the game challenges you to do different things, but I have a question about it that I don't know if you know the answer to. Is, so, for example, it says do a run where you only buy tents. And you just fail miserably, but only buy tents and get that achievement? Or do you have to complete the game and only get tents? Because I don't think the achievement says it very d- directly. Complete you have to complete it. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'd never do that. All these all these achievements you essentially get from completing the game. That's also why it's very difficult, because you have to beat the game. And the game itself is just so hard. See, I respect challenging ones, but I want a little bit of drip feeding. Just a little bit. But uh, I should at least say on the PC, I got I have 505 gamer score. Out of 1485, there's more gamer scores there. Yeah, because it has the DLC on the PC version. Okay. I'm sure it'll come out eventually on the console, but I couldn't find a release date for the console. Overachiever. Yep. <laughs> I feel like they're always going to be different no matter what, though. Since they even if the DLC comes out on it, it'll be separate gamer score on Xbox than DLC, or on PC. Oh, yeah. But uh, getting to our final thoughts... I'll go first here, since this was my choice. I, obviously, absolutely love this game. This is a must game if you like any sort of kind of city management game. For me, this is a gold standard for how management games should be. Because as I said, a lot of management games, after you kind of beat it, you research everything, you're like, cool, I'm done. What's the point of starting over again? I feel like this game is just constantly challenging you to try new strategies, do different things, 
give you these unique scenarios. And as many hours as I put into this game, I can still boot up a game and have a lot of fun with it and just go with it and get wrapped into it. Because I end up dumping a lot of time in these types of uh, management simulators. So I think this is well worth your time. It's a lot of fun. I'm giving it a 95. You love this game so much more than I do. And I don't think there's actually anything <laughs> bad about it. Like I Shocker. No, I mean, there we didn't even have a, a section for Liz to, to have bugs in this episode. There's nothing bad about this game from like a functional standpoint. <laughs> I just... Well, it's funny you say that, Keith. Oh, well, maybe I'm skipping ahead, but I'll, I guess I'll let her get into that in her summary. No, no, okay, T, I'll, I'll do it during my... Yeah, time. I was going to say, this is for your summary then. I just... I don't know. Functionally, it was a very good game. I can see why someone who likes these types of games likes it, but for me personally, just I don't know. It's a pass because I just was bad at it, and I don't get excited about these types of games. And I don't know, seventy-three because it's really good at what it does, but I don't like it. <laughs> That's actually pretty high. I thought you were going to do lower. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm weird about my ratings. Don't at me. <laughs> I would have quit this game. Within 15 minutes, if I wasn't forced to play it. I'm glad I was forced to play it. But yeah, what we were saying before, I did find a bug. Andrew doesn't believe me because I did struggle a lot with this game. But I had put many, many hours into it. I've built countless roads. And for some reason during... Oh, for one reason during one of my games, I it wouldn't let me build a road. I had the wood. I made the line. And for some reason, nobody would work on it. And I'd go back... Because it would say that there was no street and I would keep doing it. It just refused to do it. I didn't know what was wrong. It's the only like bad thing that happened. But it did happen, even if Andrew doesn't believe me. And that's fine. I did want to bring up something that I forgot to say. <laughs> Keith, you're a jerk. I saw that <laughs> nod. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah, that bad I really love... I really love the automatons. Automatons? They are amazing. I, I don't know how you pronounce tomato, them. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, I call the them The potato tones. And then, automatons. I didn't find out until much later that you can make the tutorial go away because obviously if you're playing multiple games, and I'm sure like this is just like a new mistake, but I was complaining about it to Andrew. He's like, why don't you just get rid of it? So, um, yeah, for me, overall, I liked the game. I'm going to give it a 78. There were a lot of things that like I'm a little bit nitpicky about, and uh, yeah. But yeah, so for the critics and users over there at Metacritic, 84 and 7.5. Andrew got so heated. I was telling him about a review. And everybody's entitled to their opinions. And it was in French. I did a, a translate because it was the only zero the game got. The only negative user score. And one of the complaints was that they said it wasn't a sandbox game. And they hated the old cello music. And Andrew's like, Well, the guy complained about so much more. And it irritated me because, first of all, it doesn't warrant the game to get a zero. The guy was complaining that the game is hard. Yes, the game's hard. Yes, it's not a sandbox game. If you want to do that, play City you Skyline. There mode. Well, there's an endless mode. Yeah. He's, he's looking for a sandbox where it's all fun and I'm building buildings. If you want that, yeah, play Sim City, City Skyline, something like that. That's that's where you can do that. This game is meant to challenge you. And he was talking about like that he was having like issues with bugs or something like that. I put so many hours in this game and I never got any bugs. So I don't know how you You never get bugs though. But anyways, if you disagree with us or disagree with Andrew, I should say, tweet us 
Because I, I want to pick this guy's brain. I mean, I'm okay with a district. Like, if you don't like the game, it does not warrant a zero. Like, that's just rude. Well, to him, it did. He just, he hated it. I mean, <laughs> when I first started playing it. <laughs> I guess it's true. But looking at critics, uh, one who gave it 80 said it can be overwhelming and would benefit from a longer tutorial. That I do agree with. Except when I say it, you disagree. That's okay. Well, I- <laughs> I'm just teasing you. But a lot of the critics admitted that it's challenging, especially when you go into it blind. And another thing that we touched on earlier is that a lot of people were comparing it to playing it on PC. And most of the people were saying that it's really good. I mean, obviously the the PC is maybe a little better, but they were like, still worth playing it on Xbox. Yeah. It's... The interface and everything in the game for the console version, I think, is, is really top-notch. I think they do a good well porting it over, but I would just so much rather have the point-and-click of, of a PC. Yeah. The thing that I noticed most that irritated me playing on console and the PC was selecting your scouts. If your scout was close to another point, it was really hard to select them and try to move them. I will say that was my biggest gripe playing on the console version. But it's... It was still small, great. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, We really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If not, there's always next week. (laughs) But uh, if you have anything to say, if you want to come by and say hi, you can reach us at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at GamePassGrabBag and Twitter at GPGBPod. I'm sure you guys have heard this all a bunch, so... You look so bored saying it. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'm sure everyone's bored of hearing it, so kind of keep it short and sweet. And um, yeah, check out our YouTube because there is stuff coming. I should have some videos of the DLC if you want to check that out. And I've been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. Follow me, Xbox Live, Firebird, 01952. And I've been Keith. And here's a life tip for you. Carry a rubber band on your wrist because you never know when you're going to need a rubber band. You might never need it, but the chances are never zero that you will. (laughs) That's an anger management tip. Is there something that I don't know about you, Keith? Very possibly. <laughs> Who knows? Did, did you ever hear the tip of a cow? You may not be killed by a cow, but the chances are never not zero. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. Wrinkled my brain. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You could be killed by a cow. Anywho, I'm Liz Noob, gamertag coming on Bean, and I'm on Twitter at Liz Noob. Noob is EW. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for uh, Alyssa's kind of ramble this week. But uh, we love you all, and we hope to see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,